Bonjour. I'd like to say a few words uh, this morning before we start uh, the meditation. Um, there's uh, one uh, aspect of uh, what we do that I uh, find uh, that I like a lot, find beautiful, is, uh, is when we. Uh, I have a little image for it. I feel like uh, when I. Uh, bring the meditative attention, I, it feels like I remove uh, the glasses of me, I, and mine, and I put on the Dharma lens. That's how I think about it. So I view the world in a different way. And so, although what we do here uh, while well, sitting here seems to be uh, extremely personal, you know, like I'm, I get to face-to-face encounter with myself, my heart, my mind. There's also another way to understand this that is very uh, skillful, I think very useful, is that uh, in a way we also get away from the personal and uh, we have the chance to touch into the universal. And that's a right way to, um, a wise way, I think, to understand the practice that we're doing. As I sit here, I discover what it is to be a human being. So I'm studying, in a way, human nature. It's not so much my knee, but uh, having a body feels like this. You know, It's not so much my confusion, but confusion is something that is experienced by human being, beings across uh, the world and across time. And so it's good to understand this as I'm sitting, oh, so I'm studying nature, the nature of things, the human nature, yeah? The nature of obsession, the nature of calm, the nature of um, things passing, the nature of uncertainty, the nature of uh, spaciousness or spaciness. So I think it's an important point to get there. So when I sit in the, this Dharma seat, you know, under my tree of enlightenment, I'm discovering what it is to be a, a human being. Sometimes I also think of, um, do you have this expression in English, a natural park? You have a national park, I know that. Do you have a natural park? No, because we have that in French, parc naturel. So it means you're going in some kind of woods or by a lake, <laughs> something that is protected. But the way I think about it, sometimes like, oh, just entered the natural park or national park of fear. You know, it has the, you know, it's a very different park than if you go in the park of uh, quietness, you know, or benevolence, goodwill, you know. So you can, uh, that's how I say, oh, okay. Human beings f- fear. That's not. That's a public property. You could say, you know, public domain. You know, I tend when I don't have my dharma glasses, I tend to make it very personal. I fear. I'm always been fer- fearful. You know, I'm so quiet right now. Like I'm the quietest in the room. You know, I, t- I can tend to own things. But if I understand well the practice, then as I sit. I just discover human nature. Sometimes it's very just physical, the physical nature of being a human, you know. Weight, heaviness, doesn't belong to anybody. Pulsation is a universal human experience. Heat, cold, yeah. It's actually nature. The more we sit, sit, maybe we clarify this. Oh, this is nature. And it's interesting because most of us, I think, would say, I love nature. I so love nature. Well, here you are. <laughs> in the middle of it, you know. And so, how can we sit in the mid- middle of that nature with the different things arising? Some pleasant, agreeable, some disagreeable, some that I would not choose, 
some that I would like not to uh, be separated from, that I would like more of. But all of this nature. So that's kind of a framing of the view of the practice that can be helpful as we sit this morning. Another thing that maybe that I'll say is that um, the job that we have to do is uh, shouldn't be tiring because uh, consciousness, I don't know if you have noticed, but that's also natural. We're naturally this consciousness. You know, there's, there's a knowing cognition is happening. We don't have to produce it, you know. It's, it's just there, you know. Maybe in the practice it's a little highlighted, the knowing faculty, but we don't have to make it happen. It's uh, freely offered, you know. So see if you can do this practice in a way that is not tiring, where you don't have to, you know, but just allow knowing to happen and be known, you know, be highlighted in a way. And so again, there's nothing that we want to get rid of or nothing we want to produce. We just want to become aware of what is happening. It's a lot about receptivity, just receiving. Okay, so let's try that maybe. So I invite you to become aware of uh, the body in a general way. There is a body there sitting. You, you've never sat now before. It's a completely new experience. How is it to be sitting today? to be embodied, incarnated today, now. Maybe we could take a moment to just feel the lower part of the body. connection with the ground, points of contact with cushion, floor, chair. What's the temperature there? Are there areas of uh, more warmth or more coolness? in the lower part of the body. This is the earth being known. The earth element. pressure. And let, uh, if you want, your attention discover the area of the belly. It's possible that you might uh, feel some movements there. some fluidity of the rising and falling or heat or space 
see if the um, the attention can be uh, friendly, benevolent. discover the chest area. But your image of the chest, but the actual sensations there, or absence of sensations, There might be some sensations as the air and oxygen comes in the lungs. You might feel some pressure, contraction there, or some lightness. What is there? And in the shoulders now. And the arms and hands. Becoming intimate with arms. You might discover river of sensations, tingling, pulsating, heat radiating, or just the touch of cloth or air on your arms. Let appear in the field of your awareness now, the head, neck and face, see what can be felt there. Hardness or pulsation, tightness. or whatever else. Nothing to produce, just this receptivity, this caring, maybe we could call it. Let the attention touch the earring, hearing. Discover the vibrations or silence, the room tone or sounds passing by, the vibration of my voice.
Notice the state of your mind or mind-heart or heart. The quality of the attention, is it scattered or intermittent or sustained in some way, established? No judgments, just knowing. Is the mind quiet or agitated right now? Curious or disinterested? Friendly or cold or neutral? can sit here just uh, discovering the world, inner or outer, or you might even let go of that uh, framing, just discover nature, the nature of breathing, the nature of hearing, the nature of feeling, the nature of thoughts, thinking, you happen to have a strong emotion pass by, try to see if you can recognize that it's happening. Name it, maybe. Fear, sadness, grief, confusion, agitation. Try to see if you can allow it to just be there for a few moments without going in any story about it, but more like feeling maybe in the body the presence of this emotion or the repercussions of it in the heart, the neck, belly. See if you can bring a kind attention kind presence to this phenomena. Hmm. Fear feels like this. 
or boredom. It feels like this. Get interested in it. Another natural phenomena. You might see it fluctuate. Get a little bit more intense or disappear or change into something else.
As you sit here, you might be discovering the nature of uh, sleepiness, maybe. See if you can get interested in that phenomena. How does that uh, manifest through heaviness, fogginess? You know sleepiness if it's what's arising. It's very intense. You can always open the eyes or stand up for a few minutes. But you can also bring interest to that or to joy if that's what's there. Not making a story of anything, joy or calm or any other mood or mind state, but becoming aware of it, recognizing what's there and becoming interested, feeling, getting to know contentment or discomfort or the nature of a desire of you have a strong desire to experience something else that is not present right now. You might feel the oppression of the desire for something that is not there, or the resistance to something that is present, that the mind is uh, averse to the nature of resistance or acceptance.
in the last uh, two or three minutes, you could, uh, if you want, see for yourself if you can make a very clear distinction between being present to something happening and being caught in it, lost in it. See if you can make this distinction clear for yourself. Now please uh, take a moment to review your meditation. What happened in the last uh, half hour of sitting? What uh, was known there? What were you aware of? Where did you get lost? In what? And what happened when you came back or awoke again? What were the different uh, moods that were there? Thank you for your practice. <clears throat> so we have a little time for um, questions about this practice. Um, it's always good to uh, be in a community like this and hear the voices of the other retreatants um, and hear the questions. We 
often can relate to the questions or the answers. And again, often there's something universal about it. It's like over the years, decades of being in this room, many of the same kinds of questions arise. And you can read them also in text uh, documented of the conversations of the Buddha 2,600 years ago. I feel sleepy during the meditation. Why is that? <laughs> you know, different questions. Like it, it points to the universality of our experience. Yes. Can you please help me in, in how I get through grief through meditation? I found it very difficult today um, to release my grief. Yeah. So the question is about uh, grief. And you're welcome to pitch in Anushka as much as you want. Um, yeah, grief is a, can be a very difficult. Uh, emotion to feel. Huh? I think what we learn is maybe, I'm not sure we learn to release it. The, that's kind of emotion that maybe has, has its own natural unfolding. But maybe we learn to, uh, and maybe it's becoming more obvious to you in the way we instruct, we learn to find balance with what is there. You know, we, we learn to not add uh, an other arrow of pain, you know. So if there's grief and I don't want the grief, that is a very painful situation. If I judge myself about the grief, if I impose a certain rhythm, like it should go now, you know, like all this is uh, can add to the to the pain that one, the suffering that one feels, you know. So we learned to the way I think about it is how to accompany these mind states or these emotions. You know? So how to be kind to oneself. So one of the things that I personally do is if I find myself in the middle of a difficult emotion, confusion, uh, resentment, uh, I often will uh, just uh, become aware of that, dif that difficult, oh, it's not easy being Pascal right now. You know, it's not easy being in the middle of this human being right now that feels that. This is already a lot of friendliness. Yeah. So that's one way that one could uh, uh, become aware of it. Last little thing I'll say about this is that often with strong emotion, there's a lot of storytelling happening. And in the practice here, we try to see if I can let go of the storytelling and come back to the, uh, maybe the felt sense of it. Where's the, gr the grief felt? You know, it's in the heart, it's in the belly, and often it will be unpleasant. Can I allow unpleasantness to be there just for now, just for a little while, without argumenting with it, without justifying, without trying to run away, escape in some other modes of thinking, fantasy or something. Just, can we feel it just for a moment, my love? That's the kind of word I'll use. It's like, oh God, the heart is like ripped open right now. It's so aching. And I learned to be with that, you know. And then maybe it uh, creates the right conditions for grief to do its thing, you know. Sometimes if it gets a little overwhelming, you can bring your attention somewhere else where there's no grief or no anxiety, you know. If it feels like it's taking the whole space, check in your toes. Is there grief there? Maybe not. Or in the earlobes, you know. And it can help balance things out a little bit if not to fall in overwhelm, you know. if you want. So this um, path is often called the middle way. So one way of thinking about that is like with these phenomena that arise. Um, and it really is like a, a nature, like I like the natural park thing. Then the middle way is like not to push it away, like not to be like, oh, I don't want to see that. That's not part of me. Uh, I don't like it. Right. So one way that we deal with emotions that we don't like is to repress them. And then the other way that we deal with it is sort of to indulge them, kind of like over-dramatize, like get overly identified with, give fuel to, like um, like I'm the only one who feels this way, like feel sorry for yourself, you know. 
So it's kind of the middle way is kind of in between that, just to allow this phenomenon of nature, this grief to uh, arise, and then to, um, like I like the phrase, to accompany that very much. So some of you may have noticed in the night there was a big thunderstorm, right? And uh, I woke up from that uh, too, and uh, it was like very like energetically exciting. Like we don't have that in uh, <coughs> San Francisco so much, but... Uh, uh, but I remember this from like growing up in the East Coast and things. So then it's like that, like with grief or some of these emotions. It's like, yeah, it's just an energetically intense thing that's there. Uh, so then can we be with that in some, uh, in some way just to... And if it's really intense, you know, like Pascal was saying, we can be with like the breath or the feet or, you know, and then go back to the grief a little bit like that. Then notice the parts that are saying like, oh, this is going to last forever, or I'll never be free of this. So those are thoughts about it that's different than the natural state itself, right? And it's unfolding. I have a question about doubt. Um, I know doubt is one of the five hindrances, and this is something I've really been struggling with this weekend. Um, You referred to it, I think briefly, maybe last night when we were talking about Buddha touching the earth and bearing witness, but um, even though I've meditated here before, I've been to a number of retreats and I've had some really positive experiences, for some reason this time, my head is just full of, what am I doing here? This is ridiculous. I'm never going to, like, nothing is ever going to come of this. Um, So if you could just speak a little bit to to the aspect of doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's good that you notice that first, that uh, identify, because that's one of the most tricky ones, the doubt. Um, and identifying it, you know, this, this part of getting to know the nature is knowing the uh, different elements of that. So like the words of it, you know, like those particular questions that come up like that. Uh, so when you, when you identify that, it's really helpful to label it like, okay, this is doubt. And when Pascal was saying the story of the, the Buddha when he you know, touched the earth, like that was actually the last uh, one that came was doubt to him. Like, oh, this is no good, you're no good, you can't do this, like that, right? And in the Buddhist story, it's like personified as Mara, you know. So you could even imagine sometimes it's like Mara, like a little critter like appears, like, why are you doing this? You should go home, you should, you know. It's like a <laughs> little gremlin like comes up, right? Um, so see that, it's, it's uh, helpful because it helps you to see thoughts as not necessarily yourself, you know, thought as thought. Right? And then to get to, to, to know, like, well, what does this feel like in my body with doubt? Like, what does it feel like in the mind? You know, sometimes it feels like bees buzzing around or like a lack of settling, you know, difficulty in settling. Uh, so getting to know it, like, viscerally like that, like, oh, okay, this is doubt. Uh, and then sometimes you have to go back to faith, like your own faith, like you decided to come here for some reason, or you decided to do it in the past, right? So sometimes it can be helpful to have a little talking to yourself about that, like, um, like don't know, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, but you decide to come and see, so then the best thing is just to do the practice and then see, you know, what's there, right? Sometimes also doubt comes, you know, we do want to see what's happening right now, but also it helps to understand causality. So it can be helpful to review and like, okay, what happened just before the doubt? So sometimes it's something unpleasant happened before the doubt. Usually it's something unpleasant. <laughs> right? Or some uh, thought that you had that was maybe like, oh, maybe I should do this instead, which usually is in reaction to things are not conforming to my ideas of how they would be. Maybe it's not unfolding like your last retreat or like there's physical pain or the mind's not settling like you want it to. So then just understanding some of that causality. Because whatever you see here in retreat is probably not, it only comes up in retreat. Because you brought the same mind and body along. So (laughs) it's good to familiarize yourself with that because it probably comes up in some other ways too. There's um, a story of the Buddha-to-be that I like and... um, it says, and that's my version of it maybe, but uh, at some point it seemed to say, I decided at some point in my practice, and that's like pretty close to enlightenment, so 
it's worth being attentive, you know, because you're like, oh, that's a, some practice he started doing, and not too long ago he was, his mind was free. <laughs> so he said, I started to make like kind of two piles. In my mind, like discern between the states of mind that were uh, liberating and those that were entangling. And I decided to just clarify that. So if there's a thought coming in my mind, I would just kind of say, is it going on the right pile or the left pile, you know? And I decided to, anything entangling, I would let go of and not cultivate. And anything liberating and wholesome, I would actually cultivate. So, uh, and then, so one has to clarify this in their practice. But I like when I practice to see it in this way. So if I'm in the middle of doubt, for example, I'll, I might ask the question, is this state of mind entangling or liberating? It really feels entangling, you know, why am I here, you know? And it's, it's also very confusing because it's about ideas of things I could have done, who I could be, or it's very... Uh, so then I, what I tend to do is recognize like, oh, this, this is entangling, you know, and try to abandon that. There's a, one kind of, a, I would call it also doubt, but a different, more wholesome. It's like, so the teacher will say something, and I'll say, I don't think so. Let me check this out. I want to know if that is true, what was just said. I want to check it out so I can feel that I'm engaged with reality, like I'm in a process. Do you see what I mean? We call this also investigation. So I'm curious about life. I'm not like kind of like stopped and like, should I be here? Maybe I should be so I'm nowhere, you know? But I'm, I'm like, let me do something with this. There's an engagement. So when this happens, then I can say, oh, this is actually helpful because I'm engaged in my life, you know? The doubt, and I have to soak in it a little bit to get to know it. Some of these emotions, mind states, I want to be in them a little while to get to know what they are. You know? So I clarify my mind, like, oh, okay, now I'm getting, spend a few hours in doubt. It's clearly not bringing ease of body and ease of heart. You know, it's, it's bringing me down. So, okay, so I'm discerning now. It's not so helpful, you know. So in this way, I can gain some confidence. Oh, not my friend. You know, it's not for my benefit and the benefit of others. You know, doubt being known as the one that can stop the practice. You know, and so clearly knowing that this is what's happening. Yeah, it's uh, so. Was it an, any helpful? Oh, this great. Thank you. Good. I have a question about. Um, Buddhism as a bludgeon, in the sense of, I think I grew up with a very kind of harsh outlook, and so this idea of, if you're, like, happiness, you have to create your own happiness, the idea that you shouldn't go looking for it somewhere else, so I find it very confusing about, like, how far to take that, you know, to say, stay in a situation, I just need to work on my own, you know, it all has to do with my inner state, and when to know, when to change. Yeah. So the question is about, uh, if I hear well, being in a situation and, this, and seeing what should I be in it and learn to be in it or change the situation, you know, and, and discerning what to do in this and how, how can Buddhism help around that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is life, huh? This is, I mean, I'm saying this uh, not to diminish in any way, but it's the human predicament also. It's like, I, I want to be touched by this, like, wow, I would like to know what to do, and I don't know what to do. This, you know, there's no clarity about, there's uncertainty about if I go right or if I go left, what's the best choice? And it's also part of the nature of life that we actually don't completely know, you know, what's coming. And, uh, and that's just one little thing that comes to mind, this. What I like about this practice, for me, is that uh, I feel that uh, in Buddhism I don't have to believe anything. I'm, I'm taught a technique to gain independence, so I can see more clearly through the filters that I have of conditioning that I should stay. When you're in that kind of situation, you should stay, you know? And, and I can feel more deeply and mm, allow all the different components of the equation to be known. Uh, with more of a stable mind, less of a fearful mind, a reactive mind, uh, you know. So I learned to calm the mind, pacify the mind, so I can read the situation better, 
read the outside situation, but read the inner situation also. And then maybe bring some acceptance, oh, okay, so there's not going to be any perfect solution, you know. I'm going to go this way, not knowing if the other way would have been better, you know. And also knowing that there's gonna, it's not going to be perfect, you know. And acceptance for that, you know. Wow, this is life. We're often separated from what we want, you know. I would want it maybe easier. I would want more clarity, want more certainty. I would want more hurting done around or some, something like this. But that's how it is right now, you know. And this, I don't know how I related to the question around grief also. Is, uh, in, this ex- in this life, we're often separated from what we want. It's, it's part of the experience. And so, of course, grief will come, you know, and, and we learn to maybe accept that, like, wow, again, a universal experience, being separated from what I want, you know. That's amazing. This is so human. I think it's very personal, you know, it's happening to me, but I don't know, it's very intuitive or something. Answer, I don't know. Oh, that's good. So maybe one uh, last question. say something? Um, can you say what you mean by that? The outward expression? Do you mean like uh, verbal? Yeah, of like outward expression of mostly negative emotions. Like, yeah. Um, like if you're angry and you feel it, just the process that you would ideally see that going through. Mm. Like whether to say something to someone or not or something like that, right? Do you, do you express anything outward? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in the retreat, it's like a chance to, um, it's kind of like a lab for understanding ourselves and to be able to see, like, what is the different, what are these different states that arise and to be able to read them better and be connected to them and know them uh, well. And part of the benefit of that, I think, is that you can start to recognize them earlier and earlier. So sometimes, like, we don't know that we're angry until we're, like, you know, level 10, like, smoke coming out of the ear, like, you know, so mad. Then, then it's like, okay, what to do about this? And then we have habitual patterns, and for some people the habitual pattern is to repress. For some people the habitual pattern is to explode, you know. So we just, like, play that out, and then the other person plays out their pattern, and, right. So part of the, the possibility of, of freedom, I think, is that um, if we can start to know sooner and sooner you know, to be able to feel like, what does this feel like when the anger comes, for example? Um, and it's kind of like, you know, knowing when the rainstorm comes, like what that's like. So, you know, if you've lived here for a while, you start to feel like the way the wind is and the way the air is, like, oh, this feels like the rain is coming or the big clouds are coming, right? Um, so you can start to discern, like, oh, okay, this is, this is what's here. So then you can attend to that, right? And, and know this is emerging, uh, and then when you can be with that in this, uh, with presence and uh, awareness, then there's more space for like a choice of how it is that you could or should express in this particular situation. You know, uh, and you know there's broad guidelines for uh, our behavior, like not to to uh, destroy human life, like kill beings, and uh, not to speak to someone in like abusive way, like harshly or uh, lying, something like that. But then, beyond that, there's like actually infinite varieties of possible <laughs> behavior and expression. You know, that could be skillful in a different situation. Uh, but if we're actually able to be present with it, then uh, it kind of frees up the state from or just an automatic reactivity to being able to discern, like, okay, in this case, like I should say something and uh, intervene in this case. In this case, uh, another case, I might just wait and see. Another case, I might talk to the person like quietly offline. You know, in another case, I might say something in front of the group. So, uh, so, so the practice of this presence actually gives us that space for. Uh, in, in, I think in Zen they call it like, appropriate response to arise. Uh, and there's actually so many creative responses that are possible, like beyond our habitual response. 
Uh, so this practice is like training us then. So you know, now in the retreat we're doing, we're not expressing it to people or something, but then we're kind of training ourselves in reading and in practicing such that we can when it gets more complicated and people are talking to you and you're in a meeting and you know, different things like that. Um, just to wrap up because we, uh, we've gone a little bit over time um, it's known that in this practice that the, the best tr- strategy to meet life is, uh, is mindfulness apparently because it's supposed to be the mean to lead to liberation but also once one is liberated apparently they say it's the it's the what's the there's an expression for it but it's uh, kind of a cool abiding, it's the way, it's the best way to live is continue to be mindful. So I would think that, for example, in wanting to express anger, I would really want to um, uh, bring a lot of mindfulness to it. Because for me, when there's mindfulness, I, if there was just anger, for example, I, I probably will forget some of the values I have. That's what the difficult emotion tends to do. They they, they make you forget uh, your values and uh, your wisdom. So if I bring mindfulness, then I might also remember that I care about, I want to include the, view, the point of view of the other, I want to express uh, myself with clarity, not abuse, things like this. So that's one reason why we really want to strengthen that muscle of presence, uh, mindfulness as we're here. So that's a little thing I would say. And as a segue also into uh, inviting us to um, continue, bring continuity to the practice. Today is, an, is a, a full day of practice for us, very precious. It, it, we don't know that it's going to happen again in our lifetime. You know, we, don't, we just don't know. Some of you might know, like, no, I know it's never going to happen again. <laughs> That's definitely my last day of retreat. <laughs> you know? But even you, even you don't know. <laughs> But it's very precious, and I really want to invite you to bring as much gentle, it's not forceful, it's just a continuity as you stand up, as you go do the walking, or even if you decide to go hide in your room, you know, <laughs> instead of doing the walking, bring presence to your walking, to your opening door, all this, because that's the best way to help you read situations in life. You know, you do this for the people around you this presence that uh, you bring. And um, I want to put a word in for the walking again. Many uh, people, mostly I I would say, uh, in interviews and friends, uh, when I have conversations with friends about the practice, many will describe that their insights, their opening happens during walking. So just to, to, I've been uh, noticing this over the the years, you know, they say, oh, I was walking, and then as I was turning, I was going to my walking path, I was being mindful. You see, yesterday I was saying I was, I was opening the door, I was, you know. Um, play with this. If it's too much walking for you, stand for a while, sit outside on the bench. But uh, whatever you're doing, be attentive. Be attentive to what is happening now. This is definitely the best thing you can do in your life. It's a noble thing to do. Even if you're not too sure you have doubt, try to put the doubt aside as much as possible. And say you could say mentally say, not now, thank you for your opinion about this. But not now, I'll just feel the breath. I'll just feel the stepping. You know, if it says, what for? Go to your room, go check your email. Not now, thank you. Thanks for your opinion about this. I'll try a different way. Okay. Enjoy your day of practice. Oh yeah, we would need uh, somebody to uh, come and sit here for the 11.30 uh, sit and ring the bell because we'll be in uh, group uh, meetings and we'll probably come but late. So it's, it's really good to practice. Somebody who doesn't have a group uh, uh, this morning would want to uh, offer this to the community support. Because if nobody's uh, sitting here, it's kind of ang- ang- and it brings anxiety. Okay. When it's over or at the beginning? At the end. Uh, so at 12 o'clock, you just do three uh, gentle dings. Thank you. That's nice.
Okay, enjoy. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.